Welcome back to The Mind, The Mirror, and Me. I think this is our sixth episode. I am joined again by Mr. Tony Overbay, my father. Episode six. This is a foreshadowing for tonight. Ichi, ni, san, shi, go. Oh, and I don't even know what six is. Well, then you just embarrassed yourself I so did. bad. That's okay. Six in no, Japanese. Yeah, that's five more than I know. So Okay. I guess that gives you some credibility. Did you take a foreign language? Um, I did three years of Spanish, and I pretty much know nothing. All right. So. Moving on. Got a lot to show for it. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> Yeah, moving right along. I really wish I I wish I had tried harder and I wish I like I've I've downloaded Duolingo a couple times. Have you? And gotten real serious about it and it'll last for a couple weeks and then I forget and then come back to English. So maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. You kind of speak multiple languages a little bit. I mean it's funny, and maybe we'll get to that a little bit tonight. I I am a good mimic. So convincing. I took four years of German. And then I went, I used to go to Germany for trade shows every year, like literally every yeah, year when I was I in the computer that. industry yeah. and then everybody there spoke English. And so then one time yeah. I was in a cab with, and the cab driver only spoke German and I was, I panicked. He spoke a bisschen Deutsch, yeah, but nicht so gut. Okay. Whatever that means. I know. Okay. So we are talking about a Japanese concept today. That is why the Japanese counting happened. It's called Ikigai. And my mom is actually the one that brought this up to us and we tried to get her to come on the podcast and she refused. We did. Okay. How about, did you, do you remember the very funny line that I said about discomfort? Not specifically. Okay. I, I thought it was funny, but then I feel bad because your mom's like one of my, she's my favorite person. Yeah. we like No her. offense to you guys. But okay. she, she said, I don't want to do it. And I said, oh, Mac, newsflash. We no longer have to do anything about our discomfort. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I thought it was funny, but then I don't. It was pretty funny. Yeah. She chuckled a little. Did she? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. But this topic is actually really cool. So she kind of brought it up and then I went and researched it a little bit. And it's so cool. So Ikigai is a Japanese concept that roughly translates to a reason for being mm. or a reason to wake up in the morning. Okay. Two important things, things that are hard for a lot of people at times. Sometimes it's hard to find or to feel like you know what you're doing or what your you know, purpose is or passion is. And I feel like this is something you can look into that can help with that, which is cool. And is often described as the intersection of what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. Oh, So it's a combination of these four things. And... Um, there's a, I don't even know how to describe it. There's a graphic, like a chart that goes with it that looks very Venn diagram-like. Okay. But is essentially Ikigai in the middle, the four different things, and then uh, just they overlap, ties everything together. So if you know how to Google, Google it. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm chat GPT in it. Okay. Yeah. And then you can see this graphic um, and it, it makes it make a little bit of sense. But... The concept suggests that true fulfillment and happiness in life are found when you discover and pursue the activities or pursuits that align with all of these aspects, um, which I love for lots of reasons and some reasons that we've discussed before. But it's basically encouraging 
everyone to do what they love and to do what they're passionate about, but in a very practical, sustainable way, mm-hmm. which is the ideal thing. And it's it's just it's basically saying that your reason for being or existing has to do heavily with your passions and what you love and what you care about. But again, does it in a practical way that then tells you, you can, you can make a career out of this, or you can be successful with this, or you could be content through your passions, which is cool. It is. Um, and it's thought of as a guiding philosophy for finding purpose and meaning in life. It encourages individuals to reflect on their passions talents, the needs of the world around them, and the practical aspects of sustaining themselves financially. Because I think that is when we do talk about, you know, do what you love. I'm a big believer that if you do what you love, the money will come. Yeah. But this does kind of make it a bit more practical and a bit more comfortable where you can find something that has to do with money. If that's if this is a business thing that you're looking into, it brings the money in into play as like an actual factor that you think about rather than just being like, well, I'm just going to do this one specific thing I love and hope for the best helps you kind of make a game plan. Well, Mackie, I think when you, when you're ready for it too, I did do, and I like the way it's used in grammar. It says, so the icky guy for a marriage and family therapist. And then I, I got examples of that. And then I did the icky guy for a computer software salesman, which is what I did for the first 10 years of my career. And Uh boy, howdy, as you like to say, and then I will find out the icky guy for a cosmetologist and we'll see if they fit. Yeah. Or did you already do that? Well, I didn't look it up. I just, oh, as okay. I was typing it out, I just did it. So I'll be interested to see if I even know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but that's so intriguing. Cause yeah, it is. It's crazy that you, cause you have two things to actually compare it with. That's spooky. Which I bet is kind of, yeah. Making you feel maybe some weird things. For- what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> what you can now be doing. Okay. But more with just definitions. And so this thing I was reading said, it's important to note that Ikigai isn't a one-size-fits-all concept. It's highly personal and can evolve over time as individuals grow and their circumstances change. Um, Some may find their Ikigai in their work, while others may discover in hobbies, relationships, or other aspects of life. So I feel like I talk quite a bit about career, Mm -hmm. entrepreneur-type things here, but it, it does spread to you know, even just hobbies, but then also relationships. Yeah. So it's all aspects of life. It can be applied to literally everyone. Um, and it, it just overall represents balance. I feel like. Yeah. Um, and, and I like, like some of the things I was reading, I feel like it's a great way to balance work and life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it kind of encourages that even in a way that I think will could allow somebody to give a hundred percent to both their job and their life and what they care about rather than it being this big divide that they're constantly trying to manage. Yeah. Yeah. It says over and over that it's just, it's, it brings a sense of contentment and satisfaction. So it's meant to bring peace and meant to, you know, give you a way to just, be good and feel yeah. good yeah. about what you're doing day to day, which I just think is so cool because it's just not talked about a lot. Like especially with you know, entrepreneur business type things, it's very, it can feel very cutthroat, very yeah. high pressure, you know, work, 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 and then just kind of disregard the life and passion things. So I like that it's combining them. And then I also like that it did say that it's not a one size fits all and that it is customizable because again, I think a lot of business type plans or structures 
can be meant for a very specific person mm-hmm. and not everyone is going to resonate with all of those things. But I think this concept, because it is so customizable and individualistic, it's, I feel like it's more realistic than some business plans kind of can yeah. be because it does take you. And, you know, if we talk about what you always talk about of the, your nature, nurture, DNA, right. lived experiences, like it takes all of that and basically gives you a formula to then do the cool things for you. <laughs> Mackie, for you. What I think is cool too is, uh, so I work with acceptance and commitment therapy, which is, mm-hmm. it does, that's where all that nature, nurture, birth order, DNA, abandonment, rejection, yeah. hopes, fears, dreams comes from. So it starts off with the, you're not broken, you're human, but then you discover your values and then you try to live life by in accordance with your values. And if you're not, you're living a socially compliant goal, which is what you think you're supposed to. But then I also just looked up the historical roots of Ikigai. And as a person that back in my computer days, I went to Japan, I think 25, 30 times and I loved it. You, wh- yeah. what do you remember? Would I, do you remember any of the stuff I would bring you back from Japan? Yeah, I still have it at, it's at your house right uh-huh. now, but I have a box of all, like you'd bring back little little trinkets yeah. little like, like plastic sushi guys and yeah. sushi racers. And the, there was like some bibles of Disney stuff, like little, I remember that. Yeah. little Disney character guys, the like dream catcher cat guy. Oh yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. the candy. I remember, I, I, I remember that brought home Pocky. Now you can find it at Walmart. So that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Not as, not as crazy as you no. thought it was. But. but the historical roots that they talk about, um, are you okay if I jump in here with this? Yeah, please. Okay. Cause it says the history and cultural context of Ikigai are deeply intertwined with Japanese view on life, purpose, and satisfaction. So it said that while the concept has become internationally known relatively recently, so go mom for finding this go out. Mom, yeah. yeah. But it had a roots in traditional Japanese culture, which date back a very long time. But the country's religion, their main religion is called Shintoism. And, and it places a significant emphasis on finding joy in small everyday actions and nature. So then the find, the focus on finding happiness in the ordinary aligns with the principles of Ikigai. And I like what you're saying about it really does feel like a business plan. And when you said that it does feel like entrepreneurship is so cutthroat and mm-hmm. as a therapist, one of the things that drives me crazy and it, I'm sure it can drive people crazy that aren't therapists are when people aren't maybe necessarily doing things that seem in alignment with their values because they say, well, it's business. So they're willing to do right. things that aren't. And I realized- like I don't like that. <laughs> no, I don't either. And I realize now when I was talking about act and values and all that stuff, I shockingly lost my train of thought. But when I have somebody that wants to know what they want to do or need to do with their life, you try to find something that is based off of their values or if they're mm-hmm. stuck in a job- then you try to find ways to integrate their values in there. And I almost feel, I can't throw out my whole therapeutic modality, but this is a nice blueprint for how to no, figure I those things so. out. Yeah. And you saying like the act stuff, I feel like there's a lot of overlap there and it's very similar, but yeah, I do feel like this is, cause I've heard you talk about you know, acceptance and commitment therapy stuff for years, Yeah, but for whatever reason, this, I feel like put it in a way that just clicked Yeah, <laughs> so easily. <laughs> It's almost like act for dummies in a way. <laughs> like oh, it's I like so, that. Yeah. It's so just simple. It's laid out right there. And it almost, yeah, it gives you a, a blueprint and an outline of like, here's exactly what you need to discover about yourself or figure out mm-hmm. about yourself. And then here's how you can take that and make it something else. So I re- I'm shocked that I've never heard of this. And I mean, I, I have for a long time, but it's I just was waiting for mom to... Oh, yeah. You're... <laughs> 
<laughs> You're yeah. just waiting for the right time. Yeah. Letting mom be the one to, to discover yeah. it. Yeah. I'm sure that's the case. But I do feel like it really aligns with what I feel. <laughs> and so I like it. But so this, but it makes room for, again, both business, life, relationship. Like it just makes space for all of the things, I think, in a very cohesive way, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> because again, I feel like a lot of times these are these things become very separate and it's hard to give your all to all the aspects of your life that you want to. This again is a literal blueprint that's like, here you go. Here's how to do it. So there are, they're called the four pillars, usually the four pillars that are involved with Ikigai. And the balance is found at the intersection where your passions and talents converge with the things that the world needs and is willing to pay for. So then that makes up the four pillars. So going through those, the first one is what you love. And in this kind of Venn diagram like graphic that I was explaining the section, there's a very outer ring and then the very outer ring is these four pillars. And then there's a middle ring that then combines each outer pillar with each other. And then the center is Ikigai. If you look at it, like if anyone Googles it, it'll make sense, but starting with what you love. So this makes up um, your passion and your mission. So that's the two things it combines in the graphic, your passion and your mission. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like, but this is something you love. So for me, I feel like this is being creative. Mm-hmm. Um, the second pillar goes into what you are good at. And then this is made up of your passion and your profession. So this is something that you are passionate about, but that then starts to kind of get into something that you can actually do. Um, so I'm, I'm passionate about connecting with people um, and helping people feel better. Okay. Noting that. And then our I was saying, do you want me to, uh, yeah, you go, do you want me to jump in after each one or wait till it's done to talk about what you, the chat GPT says? Do you says? have it up there? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, cause you it's interesting. Okay. So the first one where you said what you love. So let's explore the icky guy for a cosmetologist. Um, okay. So true or false. It says expressing creativity through various beauty techniques. Did I not just say mine's being you, creative? Yeah, you did. And then it, uh, it has three for everything. <laughs> then it says okay. transforming and enhancing an individual's appearance. Uh-huh. And you've had some pretty cool experiences yeah. where you've let us know how people just have felt uh, all kinds up. of feelings. Yeah. yeah. And then keeping up with the latest beauty trends and techniques. Do you care as much about that? Not like crazily. I don't feel like I'm like passionate about it necessarily, yeah. but I definitely, I like yeah. makeup. I like hair. I, I keep up with the things. Yeah. But you don't yeah. have like makeup and hair digest magazine. I don't, maybe I okay. should. Yeah. Maybe that's you know. my next step. Okay. <laughs> so then what you're good at. So you said, uh-huh. I said that I'm passionate about connecting with people, like talking to people and helping people feel better. Okay. That is incorrect. Dang it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like yours. Because um, again, this is good. My friend ChatGPT, who is yeah. the one person that really does listen to me, if I'm being honest. Um, it says, what are they good at vocation? Applying beauty treatments like makeup, facials, haircuts, and color services. You're really good at color, right? Yeah. In my defense, I... I'm good at makeup and hair stuff. Yeah, you really are. I I don't, I'm not one to sit there and list out all the things. Oh, <laughs> but, that's you know? funny. Okay. So I yeah. More of my, I did list more of my, what I'm passionate about. Not so much literally what I am maybe good at. You know, cause I think that these will all fit, fit for you, Mackie. Uh, the next one says understanding the unique needs of different skin types, hair textures, and individual preferences. 
comes with the job. Yeah, it does. Well, you're good at it though, because you're creative. And then recommending products and routines tailored to clients' specific needs. Is that anything that... I do that. Okay. Okay. You got number two correct. So I guess technically, but I just leaned more into the passion part uh, as opposed to the profession part. Yeah. So then our third pillar is what the world needs. Um, This on the graphic is is the, your mission and vocation coming together. Um, and so this is where you do kind of take into account something that will benefit the world or people mm-hmm. that people will be interested in. Um, and so for me, and I'm nervous. I feel like Oh no, Mackie, wrong. there is no wrong answer <laughs> except for if you give one. Except I can say the wrong thing. But I said, for me, this is providing a service or a safe space for connection and then also helping people feel or look better. Oh, you, you got it correct. Really? Yeah, you Are did. You lying? No, I'm really not. It says uh, this is really cool though, because I would never have thought about you know what the world needs, but I like that mm-hmm. concept. Thinking outside of yourself, um, professional services to help individuals feel more confident and presentable. And again, that confidence that you, I love when you talk about that. Those stories, um, expertise in skincare, hair care, makeup, and other beauty treatments. You've provided me with some samples and I've done a mean, like... I have given you... So you do face masks? Yeah, I do. Every yeah. Sunday night, I do it. And nobody laughs anymore. I always thought it would be fun. I would come in and my ma- my face is clay. It was funny time. And sometimes if you FaceTime me and you have just a clay face, it does, you know... Yeah. I hold back some jokes. Do you? You gave me one one time, though, that was like a Hungarian hot mud treatment and that I yeah, thought I was in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I regretted that one. I did. And then the last one says, uh, let's see, mission, safe and effective beauty treatments. Okay, yeah. Like, unlike the Hungarian hot mud bath. In my defense, I don't do skin stuff, okay? You shouldn't be oh. trusting me with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still have one in my drawer, and I, I and I will be doing it again at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, fourth pillar, Okay. what you can be paid for. And so this is made up of your vocation and profession. Um, so then the, the part where it does all come together and where you put it into action and make a plan and then get paid for it. (laughs) So then for me, I feel like this is just, this is my salon suite. This is my business. This is my space where I, I do get to connect with people. I get to talk to people. Like I get to do their hair, but on top of that, you know, connecting, talking, making them feel better, helping them feel better, whether that is through hair and confidence or through listening. Yeah. You're good at that. I mean, I've, I've had a person or two that I know go there and say that you yeah. may even be a better therapist than I am. Ha-ha. I know. <laughs> that's so not true, but I'm glad that people feel heard because that's mm-hmm. my goal. But on top of all that, it, I do luckily get to get paid to do those things. Oh, do you want to know are what the gonna, answers were? Yeah, are you going to tell me wrong? <laughs> yeah, I am. You know what? I, actually, it's funny. And I, I was looking and I know on one of the chat GPT chat threads just for fun. I was showing a client how to use it and we were talking about your podcast because they really liked it. And this is somebody I haven't even told you about. And then I typed in something that talked about why would a cosmetologist be more effective than a therapist at listening? And then it was a really cool thing that gave these examples of the fact that you're spending more time, that you're like right there beside them, that you're um, making a physical connection while you share important things. I thought I got to start, I got to start cutting people's hair. Right. Yeah. I do feel like it's different because I think with therapy, you're providing tools and helpful things and helping people confront things that they maybe don't want to. Yeah. Whereas like me, I don't do that side of it. I do more of the, I'm here for you and I'm listening to you, which, so I think it's different, which I think maybe certain people need 
different parts of it. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean, yes, go get your hair done, but I don't think it's necessarily a substitute. <laughs> okay. Well, it's I found, yeah, it is. Good thing, but maybe not, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'll say these so fast, Mac, but I found it and I just put in there, why is it that we share our most intimate thoughts with our cosmetologist more than our therapist? And then it gave, it listed out 10 things, informal setting. The hair salon offers an informal, relaxed setting. It's casual and familiar. Not as much pressure. (laughs) No. And then it says build trust. Many individuals visit the same cosmetologist for years, building strong rapport and trust. Lack of judgment. Cosmetologists are not there to diagnose or analyze. And it's, I I am literally, yeah, they simply listen. Um, And then I like this distraction. The act of getting one's hair done or receiving another cosmetic service can be soothing. Being occupied physically can sometimes make it easier to open up verbally. And there there are nice studies about that. So it's not just someone staring at you while you're sitting on the couch. Yeah. It's a little bit more, hey, we're just going to be casual here. Right. Then distraction. Okay. Regular appointments. Impartiality. Cosmetologists are somewhat detached from the person's personal life, offering impartial ear. Sometimes it feels safer to open up to somebody who's less involved in one's day-to-day life. Uh, Therapeutic touch. The very act of someone touching our hair or skin in a gentle manner can be calming and therapeutic. It creates a bond or a sense of trust, making verbal communication flow more freely social norms, immediate gratification, financial constraints. I just, I realize now this is not what this episode's about, but I thought it was very fascinating. It's interesting. It's interesting to lay it out like that. And I think it does then make sense why people do feel so safe and why I do then get to have the opportunity to connect with people. Yeah. (laughs) And it does just feel like a safe space. But again, it doesn't confront the big scary things necessarily. So still go to therapy, please. (laughs) Okay. And get your hair done. Okay. So then do we, do we hit on the professional part yet? What you can get paid um, for? I don't think you told me how I'm wrong. But. Okay. Uh, you're wrong. You are not wrong, <laughs> Mackie. So offering salon or spa services, selling beauty and hair products, teaching beauty courses or tutorials, providing makeup services for events or special occasions. So I kind of, yeah. Kind of done. about my suite. Yeah. It. Yeah. It was simple for me to do that, right? Like lay out those things. And so I feel like it's an easy thing to do or an easy place to start. Yeah. And it doesn't feel crazy overwhelming because if you know yourself even a little bit, you can most likely find something that you care a little bit about yeah, yeah, and then kind of expand from there. Or if you don't, if you're listening to this and you're like, I have no idea what that is, maybe let's start thinking about it. For real. It's huge to center your life around things that you care about and that you're passionate about. You know, my therapist would say to find something that fueled my fire. Oh, I like that. Lit me up. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, this structure is very, it's simple mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and again, customizable. And I just think it's cool. I think it's so cool. And so where I got some of this information, there's this article on Forbes, which Forbes big money stuff. So that's <laughs> saying something, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, by a guy named Chris Myers. And, and he said to give you know, another kind of real life example that isn't just me. <laughs> he used Steve Jobs as mm. an example. Um, and he said, it's easy to think of Jobs as a titan of technology, but that would be inaccurate. Jobs was a lover of fine craftsmanship, first and foremost, whether it was a matter of collecting handmade Japanese teacups or obsessing over design details of various products. He wrapped himself in his passion for finely made items. Apple and Pixar were merely his chosen mediums of expression. Which is That's cool good. to see it that, that way. Is. To, to then see that, you know, these... And as I'm sure it's not in every case, but there are these big business people that ultimately they really did just find a way to take their passions and create something the world would use or need. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Steve Jobs, I think pretty much everyone would agree that he's very successful. Did all right. 
yeah. you did okay. Yeah. So I feel like that's just that just shows that it is something that can work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's taking what you love and what you care about and what you're passionate about and finding a way to do it every day, which I think you do in th- yeah. you being a therapist and maybe yeah. you didn't necessarily feel that way in your computer stuff, no, which we and I, touched on. So well, please, yeah, yeah. I want to hear more. Well, and I like the, I, I really like hearing that Steve Jobs reference that he has the yeah. craftsmanship and that sort of things. But I was a computer software salesman for almost a decade, which is crazy. Right. That's so crazy. Um, but it, I did get to go to Japan and some other countries. You did some cool things, yeah, yeah, I did some cool things, but it, uh, here's the example. Um, and I'll be very honest, not just for the yucks, but what they love. So I said, let's break down the icky guy for a computer software salesman, what they love, their passion, engaging with different people and understanding their technological needs. Not, not so much. Uh, I liked engaging with people, but I, their technological yeah, but after needs, that, no, no. <laughs> uh, keeping up with the latest software advancements and trends. No, thank you. Um, the thrill of closing a deal. I can't stand negotiations. That, I, yeah. I can't. None um, of those are you. No. And that's so wild, Mackie. And so then it says, okay, what are they good at? Clear communication and persuasive skills. I can communicate. And I loved, I did trade shows all over the world and I love giving the presentation, but persuasive skills again, no, because if you want to buy it, you can, that's cool. Right, if you're not, go for it, but I'm not going to make you. <laughs> yeah. Technical understanding of the software they're selling. Again, we sold very nerdy device driver software that told where your primary and secondary defect lists on the sector, blah, blah, so what's already. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I was making that part <laughs> up. Um, technical understanding of the software they're selling. No building and maintaining relationship with clients. It was okay, but it, I always felt out of my depth chart because we were talking phone. about, no, because we were talking about this technology I barely hung on to. And then um, what the world needs, efficient software solutions to enhance productivity, security, and overall, I'm falling asleep. I'm not going to finish that one. Well, uh, streamlining, complex thing. Anyway, can't get through that one. And Which then none of those sound like you at all. No. And, it's like and then sure to, and other people, like there are people that it, it, exactly. Like, oh yes. They're like, it, this is this 100%. Is Cause it is. Cause I love, so cool yes. And yeah. I, you're so right. Cause I'm making sport of it, but there are people that that is, it, it's so good but that they love like that they, stuff. What you don't love. Them, yeah. But then there's, this is not you and it doesn't have to be. And then selling what they get paid for selling software licenses and subscriptions to businesses and individuals offering consulting services related to the software's implementation and integration. And earning commissions and bonuses based on sales targets and performance metrics. It's kind of crazy. Half the words you're saying, I don't even know what they are. No. Like that's how this is not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then a career change, marriage and family mm-hmm. therapist, what that icky guy is, what they love, helping couples and families navigate their relationships. I'm in. Oh, Mackie. That's you right there. <laughs> Listening to people's stories, understanding their emotions, where they came from. Oh, that's, that is the greatest that's thing. Yeah, I get paid to do that. Right there. Uh-huh. And then being a catalyst for change in family dynamics. Huge. It is. Uh, some 500 podcasts later. It's I, uh-huh. I wanted to share all you the tools, like <laughs> all the things. Yeah. Uh, what they're good at, building rapport and trust with people. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, analyzing relationship dynamics and identifying patterns. I can't get enough of it. Uh, offering it evidence-based. And I love that they said that. Interventions and therapeutic techniques. That's my whole gig. Literally. It's It's ACT this and EFT this and Fowler Stages of Faith that and Okay, then what the world needs, stronger, healthier relationships to create stable households and communities. Yes, please. Guidance to navigate complex family issues in modern times. Safe spaces for couples and families to express themselves and work on their challenges. Like, this is crazy. 
It's crazy because it literally, it just, it is listing out your job, literally. <laughs> yeah. And what you like about it. What I like about it. you're reading my things, I'm like, oh, yes, that's what I like. That's why yeah. I do this. That's what's fun. To it really is. Like, you're in the right place. And <laughs> I would imagine right that maybe somebody could go to, after hearing this episode, they can go, and I still have what I can get paid for. I'll tell you that one, the oh, profession. Yeah. But I think that I want, because my train of thought was, I'm wondering if somebody said, um, here are the things I enjoy. What is this an icky guy for? You know, yeah, I wonder if that's because that, yeah, be that would be a thing. A great place to start. It really would. So, all right. What I can get paid for providing therapy sessions for couples, families, and individuals. Check. Leading workshops and group therapy sessions. Absolutely. Writing books. Done that. Uh, articles on relationship advice and therapy techniques. Yes. And then teaching, offering courses on family therapy. Done. Crazy. How funny is that, Mac? Which And you've done that without even really knowing. Yeah. I didn't know my icky guy. Yeah. Right. I think that just goes to show how it really is an incredible blue because say you were just starting your career, you literally could have gone through and used that as like a checklist, right? Which you happen to have hit all of those things anyways. Hey, a drum, drum roll, please, Mackie. Okay. If somebody likes playing video games, has incredible resolve and loves to drink copious amounts of Mountain Dew Code Red, what would a good icky guy be for them? they love playing exploring various video games the sensation of completing challenges and tasks and levels enjoying the taste and energy boost of mountain dew code red what the world needs entertainment and escape from daily routines game testing or reviews to help others understand and choose their games communities where like-minded individuals can connect and share experiences what they're good at persistent gaming tackling challenges and games that many might give up on possibly analyzing game mechanics strategies or narratives due to their deep involvement with games building communities or leading groups in multiplayer team-based games. And then what can they get paid for? Becoming a professional gamer, your esports competitor, starting a game streaming channel or YouTube gaming content, especially with a quirky angle centered around their love for Mountain Dew Code Red. And then writing game reviews, walkthroughs, or working in game quality and assurance testing, collaborating with or being sponsored by drink brands like Mountain Dew for promotion and given uh, or give their genuine affinity for the product. It's kind of real as much as I was being silly. No. And I love that because I think it seriously, like anyone listen, if you know a couple things that you're passionate about, go to chat GPT right now, type it in and figure out what your Ikigai could potentially be and go from there. Cause that's seriously crazy. It's going to blow my mind. Yeah. And it it made sense. It's not even like it was a, like it literally gave a whole plan of realistic things that somebody could do, which is crazy. Yeah. But I seriously, I can't get over. I think it's so cool. And then I like uh, in the article I was reading, he said your company and then I like service or product is the vehicle that allows you to take your passions, apply them to something the world needs all while making some money. Wow. Which is just another way of saying everything we've already said. But I think it's a cool way to think of it where it's, because I feel like it takes a little bit of the pressure off of the business side of things. Yeah, in a way, for real. And puts more emphasis on the passion side of things while still doing all of it. <laughs> it's, it's balance and it's peace all while being passionate and being content. Which is dope. It is. It really is. Um, after listening, I encourage you to A, look up the graphic um, that we've been talking about and print it out, draw on it, draw on yourself, write it out, make notes in your phone, like just list out, you know, these four pillars for yourself because it's really cool. It's really, I'm like, I want to go look up mine and go just look into more things and go from there. But it's really cool. Do you want me to give you a final send off? Okay. Yeah, please. Hey, okay. Are you ready, Mac? I'm so ready. Hey, if somebody likes braiding nose hair, doing one-handed push-ups, and writing poems about wiener dogs, what would their ikigai be? 
Stop. Okay. What they love? The meticulous and unusual art of braiding nose hair. The strength and balance required for one-handed push-ups and expressing their fondness for wiener dogs through poetry. And it's kind of a little bit too spot on. Uh, what the world needs, unique forms of entertainment, humor, or art, fitness inspiration, or demonstrations of uncommon strength feats, and heartfelt or humorous content about beloved pets. What are they good at? Patience and precision for nose hair braiding, which is quite niche. Physical fitness and the dedication required to master one-handed push-ups. And artistic expression through words, particularly on the subject of wiener dogs. What can they get paid for? Um, perhaps performing on talent shows, comedy acts, or niche events with the unique nose braiding, uh, nose hair braiding skill, becoming a fitness influencer trainer with a specialty in unique strength feats, or publishing a collection of humorous and heartwarming poems about wiener dogs, or selling such content to dog themed magazines, websites, and greeting card companies. The fact that the things you can get paid for sound legit for what you just had, like, that's insane. You guys crazy. So if you're someone who braids nose hairs, there you go. So just because you know that I love chat GPT, I then did just say, so now can you create a poem about the podcast, the mind, the mirror and me and wiener dogs. So in the realm Mackie of thoughts, so deep, the mind, the mirror and me does leap diving into reflection stories untold in each episode, a new narrative unfolds yet amidst profound talk and introspection, a lighter note, Seeks a fun redirection. Wiener dogs, with their elongated grace, bring smiles to every contemplative face. Long-bodied, short-legged, full of glee, they trot along as happy as can be. A reminder that amidst introspective's fog, joy can be found in that playful dog. For in the podcast mirror so clear, beyond the mind and self we peer, to find that amidst our humanity's spree, there's room for laughs and a wiener dog's glee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the really? world is ending. <laughs> I think we should turn that into a song and just play it at the at the beginning and end of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was beautiful, though. <laughs> I'm crying a little bit. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that just happened. <laughs> I feel like I I can't say anything else. No, that's it, Mac. I'll Thank read the last lines. <laughs> I'll read the last line, and then I think you just you just yeah, hit. I'll just, hit stop. Okay. Mic drop. Yeah. Again, there's room for laughs and a wiener dog's glee. Good night, everybody. Good night. See you next time.